Alternate Thursdays were Bernard Solidarity Service Days. After an early dinner at the Aphroditeum, to which Helm Holtz had recently been elected under Rule 2, he took leave of his friend and, hailing a taxi on the roof, told the man to fly to the Fordson Community Singery. The machine rose a couple of hundred metres, then headed eastwards. And as it turned, there before Bernard's eyes, gigantically beautiful, was the Singery. Flood lit it, its 320 metres of white Carrara surrogate gleamed with a snowy incandescence over Ludgate Hill. At each of the four corners of its helicopter flat platform, an immense T shone crimson against the night, and, f- and from the mouths of 24 vast golden trumpets rumbled a solemn synthetic music. Damn, I'm late, Bernard said to himself, as he first caught sight of Big Henry, the singery clock. And sure enough, as he was paying off his cab, Big Henry sounded the the hour. Ford sang out an immense bass voice from all the golden trumpets. Ford, 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 nine times. Bernard ran for the lift. The great auditorium for Ford's Day celebrations and other mass community sings was at the bottom of the building. Above it, a hundred to each floor, were the 7,000 rooms used by solidarity groups for their fortnightly services. Bernard dropped down to floor 33, hurried along the corridor, stood hesitating for a moment outside room 3210, then, having wound himself up, opened the door and walked in. Thank Ford, he was not the last. Three chairs of the 12 arranged round the circular table were still unoccupied. He slipped into the nearest of them, as inconspicuously as he could and prepared to frown at the yet later later comers whenever they should arrive. Turning towards him, "'What were you playing this afternoon?' the girl on his left inquired. "'Obstacle or electromagnetic?' Bernard looked at her. Ford. It was Morgana Rothschild and blushingly had to admit that he had been playing neither.' Morgana stared at him with astonishment. There was an awkward silence. Then, pointedly, she turned away and addressed herself to the more sporting man on her left. A good beginning for a solidarity service, thought thought Bernard miserably, and foresaw for himself yet another failure to achieve atonement. If only he had given himself time to look around instead of scuttling for the nearest chair, he could have sat between Fifi Bradlaff and Joanna Diesel instead of which he'd gone and blindly planted himself next to Morgana. Morgana. Ford. Those black eyebrows of hers, that eyebrow, rather, for they met above the nose. Ford. And on his right was Clara Deterding. True, Clara's eyebrows didn't meet, but she was really too pneumatic. Whereas Fifi and Joanna were absolutely right. Plump, blonde, not too large. And it was the great lout... Tom Kawaguchi, who now took the seat between them. The last arrival was Saragini Engels. You're late, said the president of the group severely. Don't let it happen again. Saragini apologised and slid into a place between Jim Bakanovsky and Herbert Bakunin. The group was now complete, the solidarity circle perfect and without flaw, man, woman, man, in a ring of endless alternation round the table. Twelve of them ready to be made one, waiting to come together, to be fused, to lose their twelve separate identities in a larger being. 
The president stood up, made the sign of tea and switching on the synthetic music, let loose the soft, indefatigable beating of drums and a choir of instruments, near wind and superstring. The plangently repeated and repeated the brief and unescapably haunting melody of the first solidarity hymn. Again, again, and it was not the ear that heard the pulsating rhythm, it was the midriff, the wail, the clang of those reoccurring harmonies haunted, not the mind, but the yearning bowels of compassion. The president made another sign of the tea and sat down. The service had begun. The dedicated soma tablets were placed in the centre of the dinner table. The loving cup of strawberry ice cream soma was passed from hand to hand and with the formula, I drink to my annihilation, 12 times quaffed, then to the accompaniment of the synthetic orchestra, the first solidarity hymn was sung. Ford, we are 12, oh, make us one, like drops within the social river. Oh, make us now together run, as swiftly as thy shining fliver. 12 yearning stanzas, and then the loving cup was passed a second time. I drank to the greater being, was now the formula. All drank, tirelessly the music played, the drums beat, the crying and clashing of the harmonies were an obsession in the melted bowels. The second solidarity hymn was sung. Come, greater being, social friend, annihilating twelve in one, we long to die, for when we end, our larger life has but begun. Again, twelve stanzas. By this time, the soma had begun to work. Eyes shone, cheeks were flushed, the inner light of universal benevolence broke out on every face in happy, friendly smiles. Even Bernard felt himself a little melted. When Morgana Rothschild turned and beamed at him, he did his best to beam back. But the eyebrow, that black two-in-one, alas, it was still there. He couldn't ignore it, couldn't, however hard he tried. The melting had gone, hadn't gone far enough. Perhaps it had, perhaps if he had, had been sitting between Fifi and Joanna for the third time, the loving cup went around. I drink to the eminent imminence of his coming, said Morgana Rothschild, whose turn it happened to be to initiate the circle right. Her tone was loud, exultant. She drank and passed the cup to Bernard. I drink to the imminence of his coming, he repeated, and with a sincere attempt to feel that he that the coming was imminent, but the eyebrow continued to haunt him, and the coming, so far as he was concerned, was horribly remote. He drank and handed the cup to Clara Deterding. It'll be a failure again, he said to himself. I know it will, but he went on doing his best to beam. The loving cup had made its circuit, lifting his hand, the president gave a signal. The chorus broke out into the third solidarity hymn. Feel how the greater being comes. Rejoice and in rejoicing die. Melt in the music of the drums. For I am you and you are I. As verse succeeded verse, the voices thrilled with an ever intenser excitement. The sense of the coming's imminence was like an electric tension in the air. The president switched off the music and with the final note of the final stanza, there was absolute silence. The silence of stretched expectancy. 
quivering and, and creeping with a galvanic life. The president reached out his hand and suddenly a voice, a deep, strong voice, more musical than any merely human voice, richer, warmer, more vibrant with love and yearning and compassion, a wonderful, mysterious, supernatural voice spoke from above their heads. Very slowly, Oh, Ford, 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 it said diminishingly and on a descending scale. A sensation of warmth radiated thrillingly out of the solar plexus to every extremity of the bodies of those who listened. Tears came into their eyes, their hearts, their bowels seemed to move within them as though with an independent life. Ford, they were melting Ford dissolved, dissolved. Then, in another tone, suddenly, startlingly, listen, trumpeted the voice. Listen, they listened. After a pause, sunk into a whisper, but a whisper somehow more penetrating than the loudest cry. The feet of the greater being, it went on, and repeated the words. The feet of the greater being, the whisper almost expired. The feet of the greater being are on the stairs. And once more there was silence and the expectancy, momentarily relaxed, was stretched out, tauter, tauter, almost to the tearing point. The feet of the greater being, oh, they heard them. They heard them coming softly down the stairs, coming nearer and nearer down the invisible stairs. The feet of the greater being and suddenly the tearing point was reached her eyes staring, her lips parted, Morgana Rothschild sprang to her feet. I hear him, she cried. I hear him. He's coming, shouted Saragini Engels. Yes, he's coming. I, I hear him, Fifi Bradlaff and Tom Caraguchi rose simultaneously to their feet. Oh, 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 Joanna inarticulately testified. He's coming, yelled Jim Bakanovsky. The president leaned forward and with a touch released a delirium of cymbals and brown brass, a fever of tom-tomming. Oh, he's coming, screamed Clara de Turding. Aye, and was as though she were having her throat cut. Feeling that it was time for him to do something, Bernard also jumped up and shouted, I hear him, he's coming. But it wasn't true. He heard nothing and for him, nobody was coming. Nobody, in spite of the music, in spite of the mounting excitement. But he waved his arms, he shouted with the best of them, and when the others began to jig and stamp and shuffle, he, he also jigged and shuffled. Round they went, a circular procession of dancers, each with hands on the hips of the dancer proceeding, round and round, shouting in unison, stamping to the rhythm of the music with their feet, beat, beating it, beating it out with hands on the buttocks in front, twelve pairs of hands beating as one, as one, twelve buttocks slappily resounding, twelve as one, twelve as one. I hear him, I hear him coming, the music quickened, faster beat the feet, faster, faster fell the rhythm, rhythmic hands, and all at once a great synthetic bass boomed out the words with an, an which announced the approaching atonement and final consummation of solidarity, the coming of the twelve in one, the incarnation of the greater being, or, Orgy Porgy, it sang 
while the tom-toms continued to beat their feverish tattoo. Orgy-porgy, forward and fun, kiss the girls and make them one. Boys at one with girls at peace, orgy-porgy gives release. Orgy-porgy, the dancers caught up the liturgical frame. Orgy-porgy, forward and fun, kiss the girls. And as they sang, the lights began slowly to fade, to fade and at the same time to grow warmer, richer, redder, until at last they were dancing in the crimson twilight of an embryo store. Orgy-porgy, in their blood-coloured and fetal darkness, the dancers continued for a while to circulate, to beat and beat out the indefatigable rhythm, orgy-porgy. Then the circle wavered, broke, fell in partial disintegration on the ring of couches which surrounded circle enclosing circle, the, ta- the table and its planetary chairs, orgy-porgy. Tenderly the deep voice crooned and cooed in the red twilight. It was as though some enormous negro dove was hovering benevolently over them, over the now prone and supine dancers. They were standing on the roof. Big Henry had just sung eleven. The night was calm and warm. Wasn't it wonderful, said Fifi Bradlaff. Wasn't it simply wonderful? She looked at Bernard with an expression of rapture, but of rapture in which there was no trace of agitation or excitement. For to be excited is still to be unsatisfied. Hers was the calm ecstasy of achieved consummation, the peace not of mere vacant statity and nothingness, but of balanced life, of energies at rest and in equilibrium, a rich and living peace. For the solidarity service had given as well as taken, drawn off only to replenish. She was full. She was made perfect. She was still more than merely herself. Didn't you think it was wonderful? She insisted, looking into Bernard's face with those supernaturally shining eyes. Yes, I thought it was wonderful, he lied and looked away. The sight of her transfigured face was at once an accusation and an ironical reminder of his own separateness. He was as miserably isolated now as he had been when the service began, more isolated by reason of his unreplenished emptiness, his dead staity, separate and unatoned, while the others were being fused into the greater being, alone in the more alone alone even in Morgana's embrace, much, much alone, indeed more hopelessly in himself than he had ever been in his life before. He had emerged from that crimson twilight into the common electric glare with a self-consciousness intensified to the pitch of agony. He was utterly miserable, and perhaps her shining eyes accused him. Perhaps it was his own fault. Quite wonderful, he repeated, but the only thing he could think of was Morgana's eyebrow. This is Nick Treadwell and you are listening to Nick Treadwell's Storyville.